people are always like, well, what kind of marketing should we do? I'm like, nothing, really. As soon as the word gets out that you're doing business lending, it will come flooding in. So you don't even have to, you know, no billboards, no radio spots, no, you know, TV spots, anything like that, because it, it will become overwhelming in a hurry. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation. This is Patty. Thanks for clicking play and checking out the podcast. Just want to do a shout out. I know a lot of you listening listen to a lot of episodes, so I really appreciate you. And for those of you that this is the first podcast you're listening to, please check out um, our older episodes. We have a lot of great guests on the show, and I don't want you to miss out on hearing those uh, conversations. Uh, Anyway, I'm really happy to bring you this new conversation. It was a sit down I had with Element 22 CEO, Kenny Leonard. Uh, Kenny joined the podcast and shared all of the cool things that Element 22 is doing. And what is Element 22? Some of you might be asking. Well, it is a Michigan QSO credit union service organization. And what they specialize in is providing business lending services to credit unions. So if you're a credit union and want to get started in business lending, commercial lending, and have no idea where to start, um, or you've started down the road but need some support, uh, Kenny and his team are really great at supporting credit unions in this space. And I love it when I get a chance to talk to some of our CUSOs because um, they're super important to our industry and to making things possible that you can't do on your own. So. Kenny has been with Element 22 since it started. You'll hear the beginning stories of the company. You'll also hear what the heck Element 22 stands for and how they came up with the name. Um, I had a great sit down with Kenny. I really appreciated him joining me. He is the CEO of Element 22 and they are located in Michigan and have been in business for just over five years. So lots of really great information coming out of this one. So I'm super glad you're here and press play. Please enjoy my conversation with Kenny Leonard. Well, hey, Kenny, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and appreciate the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking about this as I was getting ready and I'm like, I don't think we've never really had much of an opportunity or taken the time to really sit down across from one another to get to know each other. So I'm excited to to learn more. Some of our guests I've known for years and it's everything they say is kind of stuff I kind of knew already. And so with you, it's kind of interesting for me because I think I'm going to learn a lot. And so I'm excited to to dig in and to hear more about your history in the credit union space and all of the cool things that are happening at Element 22 and what you guys do over there. But, um, you know, typically when I start off the podcast, I like to ask guests to kind of tell us their story. And some people go on to some personal stuff or just work stuff. But, you know, just as a way for folks to get to know you better and for me to get to know you better, Kenny, I'm going to start it off by asking for you to tell us your story. Yeah. So uh, right out of college, I had um, previously I'd had an internship with Kellogg Company, the cereal company here in West Michigan, and got offered an opportunity to go out to upstate New York and work with them on the sales and marketing team. Um, Was there about a year, came back to Battle Creek with them. And a buddy of mine was in banking already and knew of a new, relatively new bank that was starting up in the Grand Rapids area. And they were looking for kind of a marketing communications community person. 
um, to help go out and, you know, sell the, sell the bank and what it was that they were doing. So that was my inroad to the financial services industry. Um, to be honest, I really never thought of myself. I'm, finance was probably my least favorite class in business school. Um, so it really wasn't on my radar, but they had a, they did a great job. I had a great mentor who taught me about commercial lending. Um, from there, I got really acquainted with the SBA loan programs, um, did that for a couple years. Um, actually had a stint with the Michigan um, Certified Development Corporation as well, helping them start their West Michigan office here. Um, from there, went on to um, a bank out of, they were out of Ann Arbor, but they were kind of a nationwide lender for SBA lending. Um, so I did that. And then from there, got the opportunity to go to a credit union here in West Michigan that was looking to start a commercial loan department. Uh, build it out kind of from the ground up. Um, so I took that opportunity, ran with that for about five years. I uh, was pretty active with the league. I was the chair of the chapter here in greater Southwest Michigan, was an alternate sure. board member with the league. Um, but through that time when we were uh, working at the, at the credit union and my involvement with the league, I got to know a lot of the other executives throughout uh, Southwest Michigan. Um, and they kept encouraging me to start a CUSO that could be West Michigan focused and based um, and and offer, you know, for the most part, all the MBO CUSOs offer the same products. Um, it's just a matter of how you deliver it, um, the nuances as to lending philosophy, um, that kind of thing. So we took all of that that we had built and um, started the CUSO. We just, just celebrated our five-year anniversary, actually. Oh, really? Awesome. Congrats. Um, so when did, so, and we're talking about element 22, right? Yep. All right. And so when did that start officially? It was July of 20, I'm sorry, July of 18. Okay. Yeah. So obviously five years ago. Cool. Um, so what is element 22? How did you come up with the name? What is, what does that stand for? That's a great question. Um, so both my business partner and I, when we started the company originally, it was, um, Ryan Raffid and myself owned hundred percent of the company. Okay. And we started it. Um, both of our spouses were in the the scientific uh, medical field. We had been playing around with a uh, titanium commercial lending or something like that. Um, but when we did the business search, there were so many titanium ah. everything out there, and titanium happens to be the twenty second element on the periodic table. So nice. So why titanium? You know, it was one of, we're kind of golf, we're big golfers and, you know, drivers. <laughs> now and, we're getting and, down to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was, we definitely weren't very, uh, you know, marketing driven at that point. Um, and actually Ryan's the one who came up with the idea to play off the periodic table, which to be honest, he, uh, marketing definitely is not his forte. So uh -huh. for him to come up with that, um, give him lots of credit for that. No, I think it's cool. And it's so hard to come up with a name. I mean, like yeah. you said, I mean, people hire for, I mean, it seems like, you know, like you started off with a marketing, more of a marketing background, which is probably pretty helpful, but um, you know, it's, you can pay a lot of money to help, you know, pay somebody to help you come up with a name. So it's cool. You guys were able to do it on your own. Yeah. Um, and even the logo was, you know, pages and pages of potential logos that we had. We had a good friend of mine help us she's a graphic artist. And so she kept coming up with them and then Ryan and I would just narrow them down or we 
try to see who circle the ones we liked and see if we had any in common. And so <laughs> yeah. it was a, it was, it was a fun process. It is a fun process. I love that stuff. So who are the owners of element 22 now that it's a Q cell? Yep. So Ryan and I own, um, still own 75% of the company and then 25% is owned by, I mean, I have to go through this geographically because it's the only way I can remember to get them all. Uh, Honor, uh-huh. Allegan, which is now Ignite. Right. First United, which is now North Central Area Credit Union. Um, preferred, uh, TBA, Community First, Wolverine, Frankenmuth, Marshall, and Kellogg. Oh. I think I got them all. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, that's quite a few. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, they, everybody has the same ownership structure, regardless of size. One of the things when we were talking to the credit unions, uh, so after about a year of of Ryan and I starting the company, it was evident that we would probably get more traction with some credit unions if we offered ownership, because it was a common common uh, conversation topic that would come up when yeah. we meet with them. Um, and so we had a meet a group meeting where everybody came to all the the ten that uh, we were interested in inviting came together, um, and it was decided that you know nobody gets any preferential treatment based on size. Everybody has the same ownership structure, so there's no even the appearance of potential um, you know favoritism. So uh, that that's been nice, and it's really helped us. Um, I think us as a ownership entity but also our board specifically um make decisions based on what's best for the QSO and not necessarily what's best for each individual credit union because there's no nobody has an advantage yeah for sure and that's quite a variety of asset sizes you know as you went off through your owner so that's really cool that you do that so what does a business lending QSO or I guess more specifically your QSO do so for people that don't work in the lending space. Let's kind of break it down for. for yeah. I mean, the, the, the best thing that I say to even, you know, quote unquote, lay people who aren't in the industry is we are a commercial loan department for hire. Okay. And you pick and choose. We're, we're a la carte services. So you can hire us just to do underwriting, just to do loan documentation, just to do workouts, just to do, you know, staff enrichment, just to write your loan policy. It's very, it's very much, um, you know, pick what you need. Uh, but we could do everything. We have some clients who will use us from, you know, the initial meeting, we'll meet with the client, we'll collect all the application and documents, we'll do the underwriting, document the loan, and then we service the loan, collect the payments, all of that. We have some, even some of our owners who, you know, they, they have all that built out already internally, so they don't necessarily yeah. need us for all of that. But they're, they want to use us for um, training opportunities or uh, when it comes to participation opportunities, whether it's mm-hmm. buying or if they have a larger loan that they don't want to take all of, uh, we have a custom proprietary portal that we built um, that um, the loans get put on this portal. And then all of our all, all of the credit unions that we have NDAs with or contracts with um, have access to that portal to go look at, you know, those those participation loan opportunities. That's cool. So what is like, what are some of the common types of loans? I know it's a business loan, but like what kind of businesses are we talking about? I would say probably 90% of the loans that we do are commercial real estate based. Okay. Um, Now we do all kinds of commercial real estate. We've done everything from, you know, amusement parks to biodiesel companies, golf courses, hotels, auto repair shops, so really any business that's going to own, build, or refinance real estate, that's probably our biggest 
um, both from a dollar standpoint and from a unit standpoint. From there, we get into, you know, equipment financing, whether it's for, you know, a landscape company or a farm or, um, you know, any fact, any kind of factory that might need, you know, CNC machines or that kind of heavier equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, that's probably our second biggest one. And then third and finally is, is more like lines of credit um, where we'll, we'll offer a line of credit. Sometimes we'll do what's called a borrowing base where the, the borrower has to submit on a monthly basis where they are with their accounts receivable and inventory. And then they get their loan limit gets based on a percentage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have somewhere the credit unions, like, we don't even want to monitor that. We'll just do a, you know, $50,000 unsecured, um, yeah. line of credit. So nice. That's quite a variety. Um, so what, you know, with this interest rate environment that we're in, you know, how has the rising rates impacted credit unions in the business lending space? Yeah, it's definitely been a a hit to our, uh, what we had, where we had our budget originally. I mean, we knew that rising rates were going to have an impact, but um, I think for a while, and it's starting to loosen the last month or two, we've kind of seen a, a little bit of a change Um, But I think for the most part, borrowers were um, reluctant to accept the new rate environment. And so they were just holding on, you know, thinking that it'll get rates will go down soon and then they'll do whatever project it was that they were going to do. But now I think they've had a a chance to adapt to that. They've changed their business structure, maybe um, their strategic goals, but they still need and want to do things that are going to grow their business, right? Whether it's an addition to a building or getting into a new market or uh, buying equipment to help, you know, from a manufacturing standpoint. Um, so that's been the one side of it. So that the, the borrower side demand is definitely dropped. Yeah. Um, but on the, on the flip side of it too, credit unions have been really tight on liquidity as well. Uh, generally speaking, I know there's, you know, there's some anomalies out there, but for the most part, uh, even when you look at all the 5,300 reports, you know, aggregated, it's, you know, loan to shares are high and there's not a lot of liquidity out there. So even even if the borrowers are coming to our clients, the credit unions asking for a commercial loan, um, the credit union might not have the ability to do it. And and oftentimes when that would happen in the past, um, they would refer them to us and say, hey, can you guys at Element um, help this borrower. We can't, you know, maybe you, you know, somebody in the area that, um, you could refer them to with your contacts, but even that, because everybody's in that tight liquidity environment, it's, it's still hard to find participations too. We've, you know, our participation volume has dropped considerably just because of the, the tight liquidity environment. People are, credit unions are having a hard enough time, you know, financing their own members, let alone going out and doing a participation to a non-member. Yeah, how it, yeah, it's got to be a crazy time for you all to navigate all of that for sure. Um, and for credit unions, like you said, I mean, it's certainly liquidity is, is top of mind for folks at our recent executive summit, for example. It was a big topic, obviously. Um, I'm curious too, like how how these small businesses are doing in terms of their payments. When you think about the squeeze with inflation, their materials being so much more, um, having to pay their employees more just to be competitive, you know, how, how is that impacting, you know, their payments and their ability to, to pay? Have you seen any significant sways in that side of things? 
you know, in all honesty, I'm surprised that we haven't yet. I mean, we have a relatively small portfolio that we service. It's about a hundred million dollars in, in, in size. Okay. Um, and I'm knocking on wood. We have zero delinquencies um, okay. right now. So wood. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Cause that's famous last words. Right. Um, oh. but, but there definitely is grumblings within the credit or within the, the business landscape about how are you managing, you know, certainly a lot of like the networking groups that I'm involved in locally um, that, that um, tend to get a lot of businesses who attend those. Um, there's lots of conversation about, you know, wages. How are you managing, you know, the, the desire to want to pay your staff more because of inflation, but understanding that obviously then that gets, eats into, you know, profits or um, owner compensation or, you know, other, other expenses that you're also trying to balance everything with. Um, so there definitely is um, concern about it. I think the big um, challenge is going to be in the next couple of years when uh, oftentimes a lot of commercial real estate loans are on what, what we call a five-year balloon with like a 20 or 25-year amortization. So every five years, that loan has to be rewritten, reapproved, um, refinanced uh, in order for it to continue with that particular lender or even a new lender. Um, when that happens and rates are now going to be probably double what most of these borrowers got five, you know, four, four years ago, um, you know, are the, are they preparing for that now to be able to, you know, make that that's going to be a much larger, um, you know, monthly loan payment or are financial institutions going to have to start stretching out, you know, maybe you redo it for another 25 year or 30 year, even amortization to help the borrower make the payments. So it's, there, there's going to be some, some, some uh, definitely some conversations that are going to have to be had both with us and our, our credit union clients, but also, you know, the borrowers too. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad to hear at least for now, things, things look pretty good. I think, um, you know, just with on the personal loan side of things, you know, um, we were always kind of waiting to see when the bottom was going to drop out with the pandemic, but delinquency stayed relatively low. Obviously that's changing a bit now uh, with rising rates and, you know, we're hearing, you know, folks aren't paying off their credit cards like they used to. And, you know, all of that's kind of trickling in on the, the, um, you know, personal lending. So we'll, we'll kind of see, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, just one of the things from our advocacy point of view, and I'm sure, you know, being on our board in the past and, you know, some of the stereotypes that credit unions deal with, you know, that, you know, we're smaller than banks and we don't have the technology that banks do or some of those other misnomers. Um, you know, certainly one of the areas is business lending. Like, you know, a credit union might not be the first place that a small business thinks to go to and they're more more looking at banks, you know. Um, and so I'm I'm I love, you know, the support that our credit unions get, you know, in in Michigan from you know, entities like Element 22 to to help them, you know, handle, you know, business lending, kind of like you were saying, you depending on what they want, you can go from soup to nuts working, you know, with your team. Is there, you know, in your opinion, Kenny, I mean, can pretty much any asset size credit union get involved in in business lending? Um, you know, we have, you know, over a hundred of our credit unions here in Michigan are under a hundred million in assets. And so, you know, it might be kind of overwhelming for them to think about getting on this train. What are your thoughts on all of that? 
Yeah, I definitely think that any size credit union can if it's a strategic objective that's yeah. been driven. You know, it's got to really come from the board level, um, right. board approval, board buy-in for that. Um, typically, what we do with in, in those cases is we'll sit down and have a, a half a day or sometimes even a full day strategic planning session just around commercial lending. We do it for a couple reasons. Um, one is if they're gonna if they're gonna use us for their uh, commercial lending services that helps us understand who they are as an institution, what their risk tolerance is, what they're willing to, you know, to do. Um, but then it also helps them walk through all of those questions uh, in addition to, you know, process. How is it going to work? Are you going to hire uh, an experienced commercial lender? That That's going to be more expensive than if you just take a branch manager, but you also aren't going to have the experience level. And how are you going to manage that? And how involved do you want us to be or not to be? And, um, so we try to help walk through all of that and, and everything all the way down to every line in our commercial loan policy that we put together. We uh, we help each credit union customize it to their specific yeah. uh, desires and what it is that they're trying to do. And then if, if if at that point the board and senior management is willing to put the focus and resources on it, um, I always <laughs> when we do these sessions, people are always like, well, what kind of marketing should we do? I'm like, nothing. Right. Really, nothing. Because you, as soon as the word gets out that you're doing business lending, mm -hmm. it will come flooding in. So you don't even have to, you also, you don't, you know, you want it to be organic in the beginning. You want it to be through your own members that you have who know you and are comfortable with you already. Yeah. Um, you, you know, maybe you put a flyer at the, in the branch or something, but, um, or in your, you know, if you're sending out statements um, yeah. or electronic statements to advertise that you're you're doing commercial lending, but, you know, no billboards, no radio spots, no, you know, TV spots, anything like that, because it will, it will become overwhelming in a hurry. Um, yeah. And then they need to they also, and this is part of the process we do is help them allocate, okay, on an annual basis, what do you think, or what are you comfortable with the percentage of your portfolio dedicated to, to MBLs, and the regulators want to see all of that too. You know, they want to know that you're not just flipping a switch one day, walking in on a Monday morning and, you know, now you're doing commercial. Right. Uh, so walking through all of that kind of um, thoughtfulness is um, is important. Yeah. And you kind of think about it, you know, with credit unions mission to serve their community. I mean, their community consists of small businesses. Right. I mean, it's not just individuals. Um, I know, you know, it was crazy times during COVID with all the PPP lending that happened. And, you know, credit unions really shown in that situation because, you know, a lot of these banks weren't interested in doing small PPP loans, right? right. They, yeah. You know, and that's really where credit unions stepped out. And I know I've heard from multiple credit unions that, in doing that, they became such a friend to these small businesses. And they're just so grateful right. that credit unions, you know, took a look at maybe a $10,000 PPP loan or some, even smaller. Yeah. I'm sure you saw, you know, a lot of that come through. Was your team pretty busy cranking away during that time? Oh, it was, uh, <laughs> we were, we had just hired our fourth employee at that time. Uh, she had no commercial experience. Um, and I mean, God love her. She, she dove right in and figured it out and, you know, became a PPP expert by the time yeah. that we were done. But I remember working, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, Easter Sunday, trying to, you know, get loans submitted. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was a, uh, it, you know, it was quite a process. And, you know, that's to your point too. I mean, some, some 
some credit unions are reluctant to get into commercial lending because they think that the loans have to be big and they're too small for those large loans. But participations are a great way to be able to take care of a large client or large member um, and use it leveraging our relationships that we have with the 100 plus you know, credit unions, banks that we work with um, to be able to do, I mean, you only have to do a five or 10%, depending on if you're federal or state chartered. Right. So, you know, you do a million dollar loan, but only have to put, you know, as, as little as a hundred thousand dollars of that million dollar loan sure. because of the size of the institution, maybe they wouldn't ever do a million dollar loan, but um, so they're not, you know, it's not mutually exclusive. It doesn't mean you have to say no or send them down the road. Um, it's just leveraging the, available solutions that are there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a way for them to get involved. You know, like you said, just taking a smaller piece. So I know we were talking about small dollars. What's the biggest, the largest participation loan you've been involved in at Element 22? We just last year, we did a $44 million uh, participation loan with 26 different credit unions and banks in seven different states. Oh my gosh. What was it for? Uh, it was a recreational campground, if you will, for like okay. motorhomes, campers, uh, that kind of thing. But they had um, they had 16 different campgrounds. It was kind of a membership thing that okay. you could buy. Um, and they were they had uh, real we had real estate in, I think, nine states for that deal. So we had, you know, all of our environmental due diligence had to be different for each state or appraisers, uh, all of that. So it was quite a it was quite a process. But. <laughs> I, mean, I can't only can only imagine the paperwork on something. Like yeah, that. it was it was very organized. Yeah, track of that. Um, that's really cool. Um, to me, it's just you know I I talk about you know we have different QSOs that do all sorts of things you know um, around the country and and it's so important in my mind to have QSOs and credit unions to get together and inform them just because, you know, even, you know, you listed off some of your owners, some of them are pretty large and they can do more on their own. But even so, even our largest credit union in Michigan is still small when compared to a bank, right? And so it just, to me, makes sense that credit unions come together for, you know, whether all sorts of reasons, you know, in the QSO space. I mean, is that, what are your thoughts kind of on QSOs and and how important they are in our credit union world? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the, one of the many things I was surprised at when I first joined the credit union industry was just how helpful other credit unions, even in our market that we yeah. compete against, were willing to help me, you know, here's our draft policy that we have, or here's our form for this or you know so i mean it was it was phenomenal how uh accepting and helpful um the other credit unions were and i think that that model certainly goes all the way to the qso model as well where you know it's all about whether whether owners or not it's still about working together and trying to find ways to do things that could not have been done individually yeah that, that that big loan is a perfect example of you know none probably none of our of our clients, even our bigger ones, could have done a $42 million loan uh, or $44 million loan. Um, but, but the only way that they each get a piece of something like that is through the QSO model of, you know, participating together. Yeah, absolutely. 
So kind of switching gears, and I didn't prepare you for this one, so I'm not sure if, if anything's going to come top of mind. What are some of the big, you know, regulatory uh, issues that you're seeing credit unions face when it comes to business lending, whether it be from DIFFs or from NCUA for the, you know, federal charters? Any Anything stick out as something that, okay, you're routinely seeing credit unions getting asked to do ABC or kind of getting dinged on not doing this what what kind of comes to mind when I'm, I'm assuming you know when they're getting their exam they're reaching out to you either for documentation or to answer questions so you're probably providing a lot of support during that time is there any kind of hot regulatory thing that's being scrutinized maybe a little bit more than than normal yeah you know there there definitely seems to be a theme every year <laughs> where yeah. the, the regulators have latched on to whatever it is and I, I'm not saying this in a negative way because uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, they have a important, very important um, sure. purpose and and everything that we that we go through. But um, you know, some some of the bigger challenges I find are with um, inexperienced regulators who yeah. are, you know, they're they're trying to note findings that are not findings. You know, I, and I, I know seven twenty three pretty well, sometimes better than the regulators. So, yeah. you know, it's it's just a matter of explaining to them why you disagree or why. Um, you know, what they're dinging you for in your policy or, um, you know, what, whatever the case might be is, is, isn't, you know, legit in, the, in that regard. Is um, that the loan participation rule? I'm sorry? 723, the loan participation rule? Oh, that's the uh, MBL. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whole, everything that pretty much our, our Bible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the MBL space. Um, and then, you know, on, there, there seems to be a really intense focus right now on startup loans. So loans that, you know, for businesses that haven't, uh, haven't been in business for any period of time, yeah. uh, they, they, they tend to really scrutinize those and ask why you, you know, are doing the loan and digging into projections and the assumptions that the borrower puts together. Um, you know, oftentimes I, I try to remind the regulators that, you know, we are in the risk business. That's sure. what the credit unions do. You know, it's what we're here for. So we take risks, we price it accordingly. We try to mitigate those risks as much as we can, but yes, it is a startup and that's the risk we're taking. And, you know, there's nothing in the regs that say anything about not being able to do startups. So, um, you know, yeah, I, mean, I mean, they should just be concerned or looking to see if there's a diversified portfolio. I mean, obviously right. if, hundred percent going into startups, right. maybe not the best idea, but uh, yeah, that's interesting because those, you know, can have the most reward as, as well. Yeah, so it's right. like, you don't want to not be able to get involved in that. So it's yeah, and be able to create a lifelong member, right? Because yeah. if you're willing to help somebody when they're trying to start their business, they likely will stick with you, you know, for as long as they can. Um, it It's, it's just one of those, you know, kind of oddities that it seems to be the common the common topic right now and of course if you're just starting you know going back to the question you're asking about a smaller credit union getting into commercial lending if the first loan you do is a startup loan then you have 100 percent of your loans in startups right <laughs> so it's just sometimes when you're having a new portfolio you just have to explain to the regulators that you know we only have what, five or something mean, some of these smaller credit unions they might only do four or five loans a year mm -hmm. so any industry you do, you're going to have a 25% concentration when you get to the end of the year. So yeah. um, trying to help them keep that in perspective. 
Yeah, for sure. Do you do any training with them or do they ever ask you to come in and speak to them? I, I hope so. We do. Yeah. In fact, we just um, last week, we just did a, a session in Grand Rapids for 60. I think there were 65 attendees, 23 different credit unions from mm-hmm. three different states. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, we're happy to do that. Yeah. I mean, like with the regulators, too. Do you, oh. do you have you in to like help train their examiners or just talk to them about what you're seeing or no? I haven't. That's a great idea, though. I mean, I probably on a, if not weekly, biweekly basis, I'm meeting with them. And a lot of them are the same, you know, because they just, they move around. Um, So yeah, it'd be something to bring up and be like, just let them know. If nothing else, just to have more dialogue and, um, you know, try to help, help both parties understand where we're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Do you have a dog there? I do. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of dog? Uh, it's, she's a golden retriever. Oh, I yeah. love golden retrievers. If I could get a dog, that's what I would get right now. What's what's her name? Lemon. Lemon. Yeah. Mm. All right, I have to try and see her at some point if she sits up. Don't. Okay. <laughs> she's being really lazy right now. She's used to me being on the phone all the time, and she's just like, "Oh, there goes dad again." I know. Now, do you guys have an office, or are you all remote? We do. We have an office uh, where the majority of our staff works and that we actually are at capacity, which is why I'm working from home because yeah, you're booted out. Me out of the office. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have an underwriter that works um, in northern Michigan. And then we have an underwriter that works in Virginia, actually a former OCC regulator who does underwriting for us now. So, yeah, it seems like that's a perfect job that can be done remotely. How many employees do you have? Uh, seven now. OK, yeah. cool. That's fun. Um, well, good. It sounds like things are going really well. So um, your five-year anniversary and uh, um, you guys are churning along. So it's it's an exciting time. I mean, it's a tough time, as you commented, with liquidity and rates and everything else. But like everything else, it kind of ebbs and flows. So one thing I heard, and I'm not sure if you guys are seeing much of this, I heard that... Um, because there are so many folks that have left you know, their offices that worked in more of a city. So like whether it be Grand Rapids or Detroit or Kalamazoo or, or folks that were kind of going nine to five Monday through Friday in, in a downtown that are now working more remote. Um, one of the areas that I heard are still pretty popular in commercial lending is strip malls because people are doing more shopping in Burbia more so than they used to because they're not going into the city. I didn't know if you're seeing that or not. It was some random thing I heard. I'm curious. Do you guys do many strip mall? We Yeah, we've done a few. Um, I, I agree. I, I've seen in some of the appraisals that we've gotten back for that type of property being you know on the rise. Um, especially some of them that maybe have been um, neglected previously and a new owner comes in and wants to buy them. They want to do like a, a facelift and redo the parking yeah. lot and, you know, make, start making them look nicer and more inviting. Yeah. Um, we've definitely, definitely seen an uptick in, in those kinds of projects. All right, cool. All right. Well, I'm going to close this out here asking some more of the get to know you questions. Like I okay. asked everybody. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Um, so random question, Kenny, what is on your nightstand at home? Um, the power of is this a book you're trying to yeah i've got yeah it's a book um it's (laughs) power of it was written by an old navy seal guy but he talks about everything from like buddhist Mm -hmm. all the way through 
being an army ranger discipline that's what it is power of discipline oh wow um and helping try to find your inner whatever your inner strength is to help you get more motivated and um disciplined really so i've only i I just finished another book and so i've just barely started it but um so far it's been interesting starting out good all right anything other than a book um let me see i have a lamp Uh uh-huh and a coaster to put my water on every night. <laughs> really exciting stuff we're getting. Yeah, here. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm not. A, I don't like clutter, so I yeah. try. It, it, it Bare kind minimal. Of stresses me out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Army Rangers, a friend of mine, her son just graduated from becoming a ranger. It was wow. a crazy program. I'm sure. You know, I don't know if they're getting into it in your book yet, but. Holy crap. The, the, the men and women who can make it through that. I mean, good Lord, they can do anything. It's so intense. Um, all right. So what is something that people get wrong about you? Um, the biggest one probably is that people actually think I'm an extrovert, Mm -hmm. but I'm for me to go do public things is very, like, I have to put a lot of effort and, um, mental, build up to want to go be around a bunch. Once I'm there, I'm usually fine. Right. But just that whole for whatever reason, it's still just kind of stressful. Walking in, walking into the room stresses you out. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Well you do pretty good because you're at a lot of our events and out and about. So one would never know. But it's funny you say that because I do hear that from a lot of leaders is they they are more uh you know, introverted than extroverted. And I think that's pretty common. So one of the things I was hearing about that from a leadership perspective is that um, if you're kind of more of an introvert and and kind of more quiet and more reflective, it actually makes you a better leader because when, you know, for probably more reasons than just this, but a lot of times those people are, you know, let other people talk They're you know, when you're in a meeting setting, you're not, you don't have to be out and about and super gregarious and, and you're kind of like more reserved and it gives other people the freedom or the opportunity to chime in and to talk more than somebody who just takes up all the oxygen in the room that actually, uh, from what I've heard, a lot of extroverts, you know, make really good leaders because you're just, you don't have to be that person in the sun all the time and you're comfortable, you know, letting your team do that and listening. So I think it's uh, ultimately a good quality for, for folks like you. Um, okay. So if you could have coffee with anyone, who would it be and why? Oh, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah. Yeah. She's pretty awesome. So why, why Oprah? Um, I, th- I just think she's a, an amazing business person. Obviously she seems extremely down to earth, has a big heart. Um, and obviously you don't know, you know, this person, but just my perception of, of her. Um, yeah, I think she would just be, would just be amazing to be able to pick her brain and, you know, yeah, yeah. She's, she's had amazing. quite a life. Yeah, she totally has. I just heard her interviewed on a podcast recently where so, so many people are so critical of her, whether it be her her body weight or just random things. And she had started this fundraiser because her house, she has, she lives, I think for the most part on Maui in Hawaii. And so, you know, when the Lahaina fire happened, she like started some sort of fundraiser and she just got a lot of flack for it. I don't know if people were like, 
just give her, give them your money. Or I don't know what people were bitching about, about it, but it's like, she kind of just had to step back and just instead just kind of go into the community and help herself and, you know, help the folks one-on-one or whatever. I don't know. It's like so sad to me that, that she faced that, but I got her new book, I think is like finding your path or something like that. I just ordered it and started to dig into it on Amazon, but She's, That's the one she wrote with um, another guy, right? He was. Um, I think so. I have it in my room, but yeah. yeah, it's 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 a bunch of quotes and kind of inspiration from different people. Just about you know, she's talking about how you know finding your purpose is what it's called, or something like that. About really trying to dig in and explore why you're here. Um, so yeah, it, and what truly makes you happy. I remember yeah. seeing her, um, the co-author. Yeah. Uh, was on a show that I watched. Yeah. It does look interesting. That one, that one's on my list for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's good. Um, okay. So tell me about a bucket list travel destination. London would have to be way up there. Uh, I'm kind of a history guy. I love that whole um, royalty and all that stuff. So <laughs> you do. I, think I do. I think it would be <laughs> cool to, cool to go there and see all that stuff. And then obviously the nice thing with Europe, is that once you're there, it's so easy to go anywhere in your so their train system and all of that. So, um, yeah, but London would be a great first stop. Yeah. Did you watch the coronation this year? Oh yeah. You did? Oh yeah. (laughs) You'll have to talk to Patty Campbell. She's super into everything Royal. Oh really? All the names of everybody. (laughs) So it's, it's fascinating. It is interesting. I was actually in London this spring, and I was there like a week and a half before the coronation. So they were setting up all of the stuff like by Buckingham Palace. And I was glad I was getting out of Dodge before yeah. that crazy time. But yeah, that would be nuts. Yeah, it, but it is really cool. All right. So fine. What is one trader quality that you think every leader should strive for, Kenny? Um, humility. Yeah. Yeah. The ability to to kind of like you were saying earlier, step back not always be the front person, you know, not always think that, you know, everything Yeah. and allow your, your team to thrive. Yeah. Awesome. And I think too, not, not only thinking, recognizing that you don't know everything, but being comfortable to ask questions and not caring, you know, if people think you should have known that, you know, right. it's like, you don't always have to be the smartest person in the room. So right. yeah. yeah, very cool. And what about any questions for me? Um, I, well, I know you came from the law side of things because I mm-hmm. worked with you when you were um, over there. How did the opportunity for you to make the move to the league come about? And, you know, what was your decision behind all that? Yeah, so it was in 2018. Um, throughout the years, you know, we were vendors, like, you know, a lot of folks um, at the annual convention um, as with our law firm. And so I got to know, you know, people at the league um, and we did some work with Dave Adams and his team. So um, when um, they had somebody leave the league in 2018, um, just in my relationships with Dave, he reached out to see if I would be interested in, in joining the the team. And I, um, you know, by that point, I had been a litigation lawyer for almost 20 years and I loved what I did and I loved my clients, which were all credit unions. Um, but I was kind of ready to hang up my courtroom 
<laughs> my courtroom suit and do something different. So it was, I wasn't really looking, but it's just sounded really interesting. And the, the advocacy component really appealed to me to, to get out and really advocate on behalf of all credit unions instead of just like my clients. Right. Um, so that part really appealed to me, but it was just kind of working those connections and staying involved with people like Dave, but it was really Dave that, um, thought of me for the spot and reached out and connected. So um, that's kind of how it began. So that's it was exciting. a great I mean, opportunity and, um, you know, it was just time to do something different. So um, it's one of the things I would say when I'm speaking at universities to students is, um, you know, networking, say yes to every networking opportunity you can, especially when you're younger and you don't have a family, yeah. and, you know, that's how you, that's how you meet and build those connections. And then just as importantly, make sure you don't burn any bridges because you never know. You know, you, you never, never know. know. People, especially in our community, it seems big, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. You you see a lot of the same people, and that that's great advice because you just don't. And that's one of the things you know. We we have such a great young professional group in our in our state with uh, fuel and in the other groups that are really just trying to get out and about more. And I think they're trying to get out of their shells and being better at. Um, just, you know, it does make a difference when you're around for those cocktail hours or going to those lunches or making the time to to network. It's kind of something that, like you said, I think we have a lot of people who are uncomfortable walking into a room, especially if you don't know anyone. It's 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 hard to do, but um, it's a good skill to, to get better at and to keep working at, that's for sure. Yep. So, all right, Kenny, well, thank you so much for joining me. It was great talking to you and getting to know you a bit better. And um, I don't know when I'll see you next out there in credit union land, but hopefully sometime soon. And I hope you enjoy your fall season. And, you know, um, thanks for all the support you give to the league and the ways that you show up for us. And I know I see you, I think the last time I might've seen you was, I don't know when, but our ACE, but at our pack the pub event, I know you came out to that in Lansing and that's awesome. And, you know, I, if I knew, I forgot that you were uh, an alternate director on the league board. So you definitely know what we're all about. And we appreciate your support and connecting with QSOs is, is really important to me. So Please just don't ever hesitate to give me a call if you see something unique happening, whether it be in the regulatory land for your um, credit union clients or owners or anything you want to chat about from the advocacy side of things, you know, just know that we're always here. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time and your interest. And it's been good to uh, get to know you as well a little more. Yeah, for sure. All right, Kenny, take care. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right, bye. bye. All right, everyone. I think that was a pretty great episode. Thanks again, Kenny, for being on. Um, I loved hearing the origin stories of Element 22, um, checking in with you about what some regulators are looking at when it comes to business lending was really helpful, I'm sure, to a lot of our guests. Um, and, you know, all of the great things you and your team are doing um, have really made it possible for credit unions to fully serve their communities with those small businesses. So really appreciate you and your team. Um, for my listeners, thanks so much for checking out this episode. Um, please stay tuned for our next one coming down in a short while here. And uh, we really appreciate all of the great feedback we get for this podcast and your support. So hope to see you all out in credit union land sometime very, very soon. Take care. <laughs>